listening to Reading Glasses, a show about book culture and literary life designed to help you read better. I'm writer, filmmaker, and book devourer, Mallory O'Mara. And I'm Bria Grant, actress, filmmaker, and e-reader. This episode, we're talking about horror comics for Halloween with writer Ben Blacker, author of the new comic Hexwives. Who's actually right here. Hey, Ben. (laughs) Hi. How's very, it going? We have very, very rare, exciting in-studio uh, author episode today. Yeah, we don't always have one. It's nice to have people in the studio. Well, we you just it. showed up and I was here. <laughs> so were, I apologize. Yeah. Waiting for us. I love the show. He climbed in the window. It was really <laughs> He's holding a candle. We were like, it's Halloween appropriate, so we're cool. <laughs> yeah, he just drifted through the wall. <laughs> he actually might be a ghost. Uh, what are you reading, Bria? I am reading an author we... Ah. We're interviewing for a show, upcoming show, um, a book called A Blade So Black by L.L. McKinney. I am so excited to read this. It's a great book. It's kind of a retelling of Alice in Wonderland with um, Buffy the Vampire Slayer bent. Like, instead of falling into that rabbit hole. She punched her fucking way into it. (laughs) She punched and shoved her way into that rabbit hole. So it's like more, literally, she like chooses to go through the looking glass and fight nightmare monsters. Which is, they're looking, they call it the veil. She chooses to go through the veil. But cool. Yeah, it's it's fantastic. Um, look for our interview with her. She was very funny. She talked about um, video games and all sorts of cool stuff in her interview. Oh my God, did yeah. she talk about that cool Alice in Wonderland video game that no. every single goth girl ever played? Is it recent? No, no it was like in the early recent. 2000s and it was like Alice in Wonderland, but with a knife. And, <laughs> <laughs> and who did they, she stab? Like various like, things. The White Rabbit? I don't know. That remember. rabbit? Is that rabbit's name White Rabbit? What is that rabbit's name? Uh, my name is Rabbit. My name White is rabbit. White Rabbit? My name is, it sounds like I'm saying a character from something else. <laughs> the, 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 you mean Dwight Rabbit? Dwight, Dwight Rabbit. <laughs> I mean the Velveteen <laughs> Rabbit. That's who I'm thinking of. Too many of. rabbit characters. Anyway, that rabbit. Anyway, it's a fantastic book. It's um, a lot of cool world building right at the beginning. And so it's like, it was stuff that I really like diving into. and like. But it's also just a super fun read anybody accessible to anybody i say definitely pick it up what are you reading mallory so i'm reading a book called the burning of bridget cleary by angela burke and so i read this book because when i went to ireland uh, i was reading only scary irish books i just got back from ireland and i read the good people by hannah kent that Loved bria it. suggested to me and basically the, the good people is a story all about um it's like in early 20th century ireland and this woman is taking care of this kid who's paraplegic but she's convinced that he's a changeling yeah and is trying to cure him of that and it's like Um, a small irish village situation yes and it's very spooky but i at the end of the book i was reading the acknowledgments and i found out that it was based on a real case in ireland and i bought this book and so the burning of bridget cleary is a nonfiction book and it's a real story that happened it was basically this guy his wife got sick and wasn't doing well and he was convinced that it was no longer his wife that it was a changeling and he burned her alive and but he was like it's cool guys that's not my actual wife my actual (laughs) wife is going to be coming back to me on a white horse very soon and everyone was like "Ooh, buddy hey um so it's this whole big case so it's a really cool book it's like going into like the the interesting time in ireland where like the catholic church was taking over so but all this or like a lot of ireland was illiterate and rural and uh these oral traditions and these superstitions were still underlying all of this order that the catholic church and the british government tried to impose um and then also goes into a lot of Irish folklore. So it's oh. like, it's a really good read if you want to read something for Halloween 
but don't want to read a horror book and you just want to read something kind of spooky. Yeah. Trigger warning for setting your wife on fire. Okay. Uh, <laughs> but I'm specific, but people probably have. I am really enjoying it. It's very like very dense. It is very thorough. Uh, but it's really good. I like it. Um, Ben, what are you reading? Have you read before I tell you what I'm reading? Okay. And your timing couldn't be better because I just finished two books and just started two books. Oh, right. um, have you read this book? Have you read any Victor Lavelle? Oh, yeah. Yes. You have? We yes. Both. Okay. Have. have you read The books. Changeling? Yes. yes. I just good. read that this summer. So good. Right? Oh, so and it, good. it sounds like that, you know, it's obviously that myth, but so I good. love the way he writes. And I thought the book was okay. But I loved the way he writes, and I like the world he evoked in that yes. book. His book, The Ballad of Black Tom, is definitely worth reading. Too. And it's yes. getting adapted, which very, is very exciting. Is it? I'm, the crazy. So the changeling thing is so scary to me because it's a child, and I understand because kids are kind of weird. So it's like <laughs> I understand how you could it could be confusing, especially if you're like sleep deprived and you're like maybe yeah. this is not my baby anymore. I like I I kind of like understand the changeling phenomenon. I wonder if that could happen with my cats. Okay. Well, I would freak out. <laughs> You're like, this is not the this cat. This is my, not my Lula. <laughs> this is actually how, a, a goblin baby know? cat. <laughs> I would know. <laughs> I would know. I wish someone would change out my dog. <laughs> changeling my those dog animals. My dog smells slightly better than it normally yeah. does. <laughs> my dog. The dream. Um, I just finished a book uh, that is a biography of Alfred Hitchcock by oh. Peter Aykroyd. I'm all horror all the time these days because of Hexwives and because of a couple of other projects I'm working on. So I'm just movies, TV, books, or comics are all horror all and the time. And it is October, so it is yeah, the time. Yeah. Exactly. Um, but this was a great biography. It was kind of on my list anyway, and I had agreed to do a podcast where they said, can you talk about Alfred Hitchcock for an hour? And I was like, sure. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I gotta read this now. <laughs> um, but it's it's sort of I love. I like, really like the way that Aykroyd writes. I would now pick up any of his uh, journalistic endeavors, um, but I like that it wasn't a sort of birth to death, in depth. You know, it didn't get bogged down in the minutia of a life. It was really yeah. about like he was born here. This was what he was like as a child, and it's how he inf- it informed his films. But really, here it is, kind of film to film, and what it says about him as a person in as much as we can guess, because he was a very private person. Oh, interesting. Um, That's really cool. It's really good. I really enjoyed it. That sounds awesome. Uh, So we're going to take a moment to read some listener feedback. This week, we got some really cool emails about our Book Rhymes episode. (laughs) We made it into a Book Rhymes episode. Well, it was like the Marking Your Books episode. And we talked about how people put Book Rhymes in it. They write Book Rhymes for themselves. Yes, but some people actually wrote me some Book Rhymes. Oh, yeah, because you were like, I want some Book Rhymes. And people responded. I'm really (laughs) stoked about it. You're all amazing. Uh, So here's... Two of them. Uh, so Alex wrote in, here's a book rhyme for the inside of Mallory's books. It isn't about her dying, but I hope you still enjoy it. Blood flows and bones are ground to dust. The fate of those that break my trust. Heed this warning and think carefully before you steal from the library of Mallory. Oh, that's perfect for you. <laughs> and do it. That's very good. Uh, and then PK wrote, Mallory O'Mara loves her books. This volume counts among them. If it should go unduly claimed, know she vows, vows this solemn. When at last she quits this world and all of its dependence, ethereal she'll rip your bones from living flesh and vengeance. <laughs> Into it. <laughs> that is amazing. Sonali wrote in to tell us about their favorite reading snack, which is roasted salted almonds with pepper jack cheese. <laughs> I think that I want this to be a, be a thing. People write in with their reading snacks? Oh, yeah. Oh, I see. That's very good. Um, that's really specific. 
is Sonali rapping? The almonds in I was this wondering, cheese? was it like, you know, is when you're trying separate... to get a dog to eat a pill and oh, you yeah. stuff it in the cheese? <laughs> or it's like pigs in a blanket, but with cheese. <laughs> like, or like, a, I feel like there was like, a, there's like a moment where people were putting bacon around dates at parties. Sure. You feel like that's this still is happening. Thing. That's still happening. It's definitely a thing because I, I go to parties and I'm like, ooh, dates. Oh, no bacon. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, I, yeah, I don't need bacon. I, also, I I'm 85 it. years old to go, ooh, dates. <laughs> delicious. <laughs> Let's be real though. Dates are delicious. <laughs> Dates are so good. You can do worse than a date. They're like, they're sugar, but, but good for you. I had Sean today. is so stoked about You had dates. a date today? Just today, an oatmeal date cookie. That Delicious. Was excellent. So good. I won't go back to raisins. No, why would you? Why Were the dates like cut up? Yeah. Oh, that's great. L- listen to my date cast. <laughs> <laughs> Subscribe you now. To date cast. Uh, <laughs> so you can always email us with your very specific book snacks at readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. Uh, so before we talk about scary comics, we're going to take a quick break. Hi, everybody. My name is Justin McElroy. And I'm Sydney McElroy. And together we're the hosts of Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. What does that mean for you, the podcast consumer? Well, it means that you're going to get a lot of stories about how we used to do weird stuff to people in order to try to fix them. Do you know that we used to think diseases were caused by bad smells? And that we used to eat mummies for medicine? That's super funny. I turned to like Well, thanks, and we hope you'll kind of like our show, Sawbones, a marital tour of misguided medicine. It's available every Friday wherever fine podcasts are sold or at its beautiful, picturesque home at MaximumFun.org. This week, it's all about horror comics. It's almost Halloween, and lots of folks are looking to read some scary books to get into the season, but a lot of people forget about scary comics. There are so many amazing horror comics out there, and they all deserve the Halloween spotlight. But first, Ben, please tell us all about your new amazing horror comic that is out today, I think. It's out tomorrow. If you're listening to this episode tomorrow, so you can pre-order it right now. Let Wait. me let me make this easy. It's out on Halloween. <laughs> yeah, yeah, great, yeah, great, 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 great. Whatever. Time Whenever it is. you're listening to I mean, this, people listen to it. This show, the day it comes out. I know, or they I do. Don't listen to it at all? I'm just kidding. They don't. <laughs> I look at the downloads. Uh, the new comic is called Hex Wives. It is out from DC Vertigo, which is in the midst of a big relaunch, um, and they're all really good. So I would really like. Yes, go pick up Hex Wives, but go pick up all these new Vertigo books. They're awesome. Um, the soft pitch, the Hollywood style pitch is Hex Wives is Bewitched plus the Stepford Wives. Yes, please. Uh, Uh Uh, It's about a coven of witches who uh, is trying to be controlled by a group of men who fear them. So it's so a documentary. Surprising. But through, yeah. <laughs> I've never heard of anything like that happening in real life. But like throughout, we both read it. So, but, but throughout history, right? So it starts like... Yes. Mm, Salem Witch era? Yeah-ish. Yeah. It's, it's, they've been battling these men forever, and at a certain point, the men say, we have to do things differently. When we kill these witches, they just come back. Um, so let's That's mind right. control them. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. They will not be stopped. Uh, so when we meet the coven, they are these uh, suburban housewives. And it was because I was watching Bewitched and was like, 
Samantha is this crazy powerful witch who is so worried about getting dinner on the table for her husband and his boss. And, like, her mother would come around and tell her she married beneath her. And Andorra was right. She was she really totally right. She totally did. Yeah. Yes. Her That's husband true. was just, like, a buffoon. It, yeah. was like the, it was, like, the precursor to the, like, the like hot lady with buffoon sitcoms we have now. Yes. Where hot it's, lady with buffoon. Where you have... Um, Oh, the lady who was in the Scientology thing in a situation. Yes. She was like, King of Queens. Yeah, the King of Queens. Stuff like that. The lady from Scientology. I'm sorry. <laughs> you've done so many other things besides that. But she didn't. I, I don't know. I feel like. She escaped Scientology. Once you dip your also. toe into Scientology. <laughs> well, she also escaped Scientology. Yeah. That was like a big thing. Oh, that forgot. show is okay. great. She's killing it now. Yeah, yeah, she really <laughs> is. But like that kind of King of Queens thing. But yeah. Bewitch was the precursor to that a little bit. Yeah. And it was also this thing of like. He was married to this amazing witch. First of all, Elizabeth Montgomery was like one of my first crushes. Oh, I would great. watch that homesick from school in reruns. Totally. Um, but he had this incredible witch wife and would not allow her to use magic. Like, yeah. What, what is happening well, real here? Real controlling. Yes. It's like short guys who don't want their why their girlfriends to wear heels. <laughs> They gotta keep. They just gotta keep them down. Totally. So yeah, that was the jumping off point for the book, Um, and it gets very dark and it gets very scary. And there was a lot. Like, I feel like everything I've read or watched is in this thing. Um, From you know, like I said, Bewitched, but there's Get Out in it, and there's. It's um, a very timely comic. I was reading this, going, yes, it's really like makes you feel not better about all the things that are happening right now, but it it's a good like channel for your anger it's that is certainly where it's been coming from it's definitely been cathartic to uh to write these powerful women beating up on these white guys it was very cathartic to read I'm there's glad. a scene in the there's a scene at the very beginning where i was just like oh yeah <laughs> yeah the artist mirka andalfa is incredible uh, yeah, like really the violence she draws at the beginning i sort of had notes and but she just like I said, do what you want here. And she drew this, like, the ripping the head off of the oh, guy yeah. is crazy looking. So good. Um, so do you, so Bewitched, were there any other witch, witch things that you got into when you're preparing to write it? A few things. Um, all of the characters in the coven are based on pop culture witches. And that's going to sort of slowly come out. But you can tell early on, like, the main character is based on Samantha. And uh, there is a teenage witch based on Sabrina. Great. Um, there, I love, uh, I loved the American Horror Story Coven season. I did too. Uh, so, uh, Gabourey Sidibe's character, I love so much. So I yes. base it on her, oh, like, the yeah. look of her. Yeah, I can see but, that. But <laughs> do you guys know Lizzo? The uh, yes. singer? Yes, oh my God. Who's amazing. Wait, so her, it's this pre- is a witch on, singer? Or she's she's not a witch. She's just like, a singer. She's the person that should be playing Ursula. Oh. Yes, right? Wait, she so would she, kill it. She's like just kind of like a goth lady singer. No, she's not even goth. No, she's Guys, just really. Who is this? I just want her to like hex me. Okay. She has a incredible voice. Okay, uh, she is like heir apparent to Aretha, um, and I follow her on Instagram, and she also has a powerful personality. Oh, amazing! And so I've been basing the personality on Lizzo, That's and I'm amazing. putting that out there. So if they ever make a TV show. Just cast her in. Yeah. <laughs> Give her a call. real easy for you, Hollywood. <laughs> exactly. Um, so in addition, so there was a lot of that pop culture stuff between TV and movies and comics. Um, but I also read, like, on folklore. Mm-hmm. And, and there's a great book called No Go the Boogeyman, which is about witches and 
ogres and other child guzzlers through <laughs> history and literature. Child yeah. guzzlers. When I came across second, that term. Second profession. You know, the profession you wish you had had. So first it's like bo- just book reader and then cat petter and then child, child guzzler. guzzler. Child Why didn't guzzler. I think to be that? You should have minored it. <laughs> um, but it's a, it's a great sort of, you know, literary, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Mm, uh, Reference book? Yeah. Kind yeah. of, yeah. I mean, it, it's sort of a literary history. Cool. Um, and it hits on folk tales and fairy tales and myth and stuff. And it's awesome. it was really interesting. Yeah, cool. So, Bria, do you read scary comics? Mm-hmm. I do, Mallory. You're like, yep, next question. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I read a lot of scary stuff. Um, I really liked the creepy comics, which is kind yeah. of old school. But then they rebooted it, and so there's some newer ones. But I do like the creepy comics series. I'm a big fan of those. You're like, I literally like creepy comics. I like creepy. <laughs> creepy with a capital C, baby. With a capital C. So if you're at home and you can't see, then I'm capitalizing the C with my voice. It's like YMCA is- in here. It's just a big C <laughs> for creepy. Yeah. Do the those- new, does the new series capture the feel of those old 40s and 50s ones? It, it does. I mean, I like them, yes. And it still has the like, there's also a series. What is the TV series? Tales it also has- from the Crypt. Yes, Tales from the Crypt. And, Yes, Tales from the Crypt. Yeah, of course. Um, I was just watching some of those recently, and I was oh like, oh, God. this is all kind of the same thing where there's, like, a weird morality to them. Yeah. Where it's like, oh, well, this person was gambling. Or, like, you know, like, these <laughs> things where you're, like, they're kind of punchable. They're, it is very throwbacky the the reboot cool. of them. They don't, I don't think they're making them now. They made them for a short while, like, maybe, like, five years ago, but I don't think they're still doing them. I could be wrong. People there's are going to be really There's a bunch of collections of them. Yeah, mm-hmm. there's a bunch of collections, and they're great. They're really fun. Um, I also love... Some Ben Templesmith stuff. Hell yeah. Um, he did this book called Warmwood I, Gentleman Corpse. I love that series. I think it's so good. I actually have some so original much. art from it in my house. Why yeah. have I not seen that? Because it's not I don't think it's hanging up right now, but that's just because I don't have many walls right at this moment. Yeah, Bria just lives in a floating <laughs> yeah, orb. There's just a lot of shelves in my house. I don't know what the deal is. Um, but I love that and I loved Welcome to Hawksford. Um, he did 30 Days of Night for people who yeah. don't like. He drew 30 Days of Night. Stephen Ellis wrote it. Um, but he's done a bunch of stuff that he wrote, which I think is really great. He also wrote, did the cover to my comic, first which comic is, book series. Which is We Will Bury You. Yeah, it's also a scary one. And then other comics I was thinking about, I was a big Hellblazer fan. Loved, mm. I read, a, I think I read all of them, and I think I read all the Preachers, um, which I really enjoyed as well. And I think is scary, but I don't know. I mean, I, I would classify it as horror, but I don't know if I'd call it scary. Same with Hellblazer. Yeah. That's fine. Like, like, it's like, they're both, they're like horror in that genre, mm-hmm. but they're not like something where I'm like, ooh, I can't read it at night. I gotta put it away. You know, like, I can't like, <laughs> put that comic in the freezer. It's me out. Ben, what horror comics do you like? Let's get into it. Okay. <laughs> ben has just pulled out his pointer and has pulled down a screen behind him and is ready to tell us all about comics. Horror is hard in comics. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think... Part of what helps sell a horror comic is a horrific premise. Uh, and that's why I think Lock and Key works really well. I love that mm-hmm. fucking comic. Yeah, it's so good. And and I think uh, Joe Hill is a great writer yes. anyway. Um, his short stories are like some of the best short horror stories. And and they're making a TV show of it. And then you just had the writer of that on your show, right? I sure did. Yeah. Yeah, Check out it, the writer's panel. Who, yeah. What's the premise of Lock and Key for people who haven't read it, who have been living under a, a Lock and Key? 
Lassie is one of the most inventive haunted, haunted house stories ever. Mm-hmm. It's about this family who has undergone this tragedy. I won't spoil it for you because it like happens right in the first issue of the first trade. Uh, but they go to this their like family home, and there's a series of keys, and each key that you use unlocks a door. But something there's all kinds like. I don't want to spoil what, because I'm a Mallory, I don't want to spoil what the first key does, but they're very unusual powers and things that happen. Um, but it is, and it's like all the, all the members of the family end up, you know, exploring these different keys in this house and there's this evil presence and it's very spooky and very imaginative. The uh, art is by Gabriel Rodriguez and it's mm-hmm. incredible. Edited by a friend of the show, Chris Ryle. Um, mm-hmm. And it's just, it's just so fucking good. good. Yeah, I think yeah. the way... You describe it to say, like, it's an inventive take on a haunted house story. Like, that's the stuff we respond to, right? Like, these tropes are so hoary at this point that we just want to find a new way in. What is that word? (laughs) Hoary? Look it up. Okay. Like W-H-O? No, just an H. <laughs> oh, I like if it was W-H. <laughs> um, but that's why, like, the other ones that I, I have on this list, like Baby Teeth, uh, is a great take on a devil baby Thing. It's about a Everyone teenage. loves a devil baby. Sure. But that's a hard thing to come up with a new... Like, the omen is the the gold standard, yeah. right? Um, and so Rosemary's Baby. And Rosemary's Baby. Uh, but this is... Yeah, this is closer to the omen because the baby gets born. Yeah. Um, baby but gets it's, born in Rosemary's Baby. That's true. That's the climax of the movie. Y'all, what would you do if you, you gave birth to a baby and you knew it was the devil? I would be really confused because I have an IUD. <laughs> Okay, that's that's a, that's a cop out of an answer. Where well, does this devil you baby think come Satan from? Satan cares about your IUD. Exactly. Satan does not care that's about a your story IUD. Right there. Oh my god, you get pregnant because Satan's like, I don't care about that IUD. <laughs> like, I'll rip it out with my with my horns. Ooh, I'm sorry. That it's Halloween. It's fine. <laughs> real, for free scare for you guys. It's a real nature versus nurture question. <laughs> oh, so you think you could raise a Satan and it would be fine? I know I could. You I could. Would be so, I would be so into raising a Satan baby. Look at me. I have not one but two demon tattoos. Yeah, so it would not be fine. You <laughs> oh, would great. doom us all. No, we would get along so well. You would so well, but then he would take over the world and cause the apocalypse. Exactly. No, because he would just he would be my child. So ultimately, oh, ultimately his desire to read would <laughs> and at the very crux of the story would be like, mm, no, I'm gonna open this bookstore instead. <laughs> okay, I'm sorry, Ben. What other what other horror comics do you like? This hell baby just wrote a treatise. I don't know. Let's not. <laughs> now he's my hell baby. Uh, the only the other one I would recommend is Animosity, which is not. Oh, I have not read this one. Oh, check it out. It is the it's one of the only books I'm current on. Mm-hmm. Like as soon as it comes out, I can't wait to read it. Um, Marguerite Bennett is writing it and she's written a bunch of great stuff. Yes. But I think this is really her best book. It is not a straightforward horror story, but it does have a feel of The Walking Dead Mm -hmm. in that you're in a world where an apocalypse has happened. And the apocalypse that's happened is suddenly, and this precedes the events of the story, all of the animals have consciousness and can talk. What? So, yeah, it's about Bri- this. The, is Bria just lit up it's so it's deep in Bria's so wheelhouse. Good. It's so dark, but it's so human. Um, the most human character is this dog who wants to take care of uh, the girl in who was you know. Bria's gonna his leave this owner. podcast and go buy this right yes. comic. <laughs> I think there are two or three collections out already. It really is a great book, and I, there's a spinoff too, which is great. And she also is, wrote yeah. uh, uh, an erotic comic, yes. Insects. Which is more straightforward horror. Yeah, um, and with amazing art. Yeah. Um, and 
very, very, very good. Uh, She's a great writer. Um, so, yeah, I will check out anything. Like, I tend to follow writers around. And as soon as I hit animosity, I was like, oh, everything she does. I mean, Give it to me. Do you like horror comics, Mallory? <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. I love horror comics. Uh, I fucking love horror comics. Uh, I'm trying to, it, it was, this one was hard for me because I feel like I've talked about so many on the show. I, we need to retire. My favorite thing is Monsters by Emil Ferris mm-hmm. because we've talked about it so much. Um, I love Chilling Adventures of Sabrina by um, mm-hmm. Roberto Aguirre Sacasa, uh, art by Robert Hack, which is, I think by now. Na- oh yeah, so it comes. It drops dropped on October sixteenth, but is now a Netflix show. Yeah, mm. uh, one of the writers was our friend Axel Carolyn. So yes, it's right. Very yeah. excited. Um, and Roberto's running the show, I oh, believe. Like I he wrote the pilot and is running the show. He was doing Riverdale also. Oh yeah. So he moved over so, to this, and it looks amazing. Yeah, if you're into Riverdale. Buy the comic Chilling Adventures of yeah. Sabrina because it's amazing. And then wa- watch the show. Uh, I also love Survivor's Club by Lauren Bucus and Dale Halverson. Uh, and artist Ryan Kelly. It's really, really cool. Um, I love Ryan Kelly's stuff. He drew the poster for the movie I directed. Oh, hey. Yeah. Um, and also in the vein of Chilling Adventures of Sabrina, Afterlife with Archie, which is amazing by uh, same uh, writer. But the art, is, the amazing art is by uh, Francesco Francavilla. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's it? beautiful art. Oh my god, it's so good. Um, and I've talked about on the uh, show Scott Snyder's Witches, mm. his um, American with a Y, Vamp- with a Y. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and his American Vampire collection is also amazing. I love Scott Snyder. His also The Wake, anything he does, yeah. I'm just a huge. Which is funny because I've never read his Batman, mm. which is it's I know pretty great. I don't like superhero stuff. Yeah, but Batman's different than normal superhero stuff. Yeah. I would argue. I know. I've I had think this Batman is like so a different. Sure, he's a guy. He, he's a he's not a superhero. He's just a dude who has a bunch of like cool gadgets. Yeah, but there's no monsters. There's the yeah, other are uh, the you monsters are in here. <laughs> the Joker is a monster. <laughs> Do you get scared by horror comics? I get a feeling of unease at best. At like, best, that's Ooh. that's what horror comics are really good at. Do is, you like it? Oh, absolutely. Right. <laughs> That's why I on read this, them. On this customer satisfaction survey, how happy are you with your unease? I'm pretty satisfied with the feeling of unease that I have. Um, because, right, it, it, horror is so hard in any, like, every medium tells you a different way to do horror. Mm. And movie, obviously, is the thing that most people are familiar with. And you get everything. You get jump scares and you get atmosphere. Um, and it can do both equally well. But you can't do jump scares in a comic. Yeah. Right? I, yeah, you know? I feel like, like with comics, it's hard because books, you're, you know, you're you're the engine of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. With comics, you're you're reading it, but you're also seeing it, so you yeah. can't really get a jump scare because it's already there. Right. Um, so it's interesting. Yeah. I, I never get scared by horror comics. The only comic that I actually quit reading because I thought it was too scary was Walking Dead. <laughs> Yeah, And I don't know what it was, but maybe like book, I got pretty far, but there was just one of the books that I was like, I just can't handle this anymore. I think I was too attached to the characters. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And maybe because horror, because comics are like a shorter medium, I'm not as attached to the characters or something. I'm not really sure. Well, I think, and, and it depends how deep you got into Walking Dead, but I had the same reaction because they had such momentum, right? Like mm-hmm. he was doing, he got to a hundred issues and is well past it now, mm-hmm. but you were living with these characters for that long. So you did grow attached in the way that you do a TV show. Yeah. Right? yeah. I think that's the key is that, I mean, horror is all about manipulating your emotions yeah. as well as the atmosphere so when you get really really attached to a character even if it's not super scary you don't want to see bad things happen to right. them and you're like no don't go in there what are you doing but y'all also think that part of 
the the scary thing about books versus mm-hmm. like showing books versus <laughs> comic books is that, that for some reason my imagination can't run it can't run wild with with comics right because yeah. you're grounded in the visuals yeah. whereas a book you know an, an author can precisely tell you the horrifying thing but you're not seeing it. You're only seeing it in your head, which is so much worse it is. than so much even worse. the best description is going to be. Yeah, and they can it drag is. it out a little bit. It's hard to yeah. get a comic to be like, and the door creaked. It's just a bunch of black panels. Like, yeah. It's really hard to <laughs> well, draw that out. That's an interesting thing that I had to learn in Hexway because I'd written a bunch of comics, but I had never written a horror comic or a straightforward horror comic. You're like, can we just have fog come out of this page? <laughs> How do we do I wanna that? want to try something new. <laughs> One of those multimedia things. <laughs> do a sound effects tape that goes with it. Hey, oh my God. God, you remember those books when you were little and you press the bu- buttons yeah. to make the sound yes. happen? Can we do that for horror comics? But there is a way to sort of control the pacing of the reading of the story. And pacing, obviously, is really important in horror. And I found that the thing that worked best for Hexwives, anyway, because it's not, despite all the violence in the beginning, it's not a gory book. Um, it becomes about a feeling of unease or uncanny. And mm-hmm. and the way we sort of got to that was to show everything as being very normal. Yeah. Um, and it takes place in, in a suburban, an American suburb. Ben, do you have a recommendation for someone who's never read a horror comic? Besides, I mean, Hex Wives, obviously. They should buy 15 copies. Exactly. Uh, on Halloween. Do, on, yes. <laughs> and read it on Halloween. Yes. What in better way? In a bathroom, way? in front of the mirror. Just as a witch. Saying Bloody right. Mary, yeah. and one of the three of us will show up. If you do <laughs> That's that. actually oh what my happens. god! No, yeah, if you eat a snack in your bathroom, then, then I show up, and you're covered <laughs> in book in your bathroom. And you're covered in so cat hair, pooping, just reading books in their bathroom. Oh my god! Like, like, I thought you called me. That's like that's my nightmare. <laughs> I walk in, I'm like, why are you reading that book in the bathroom? And I have to live here now. Right. <laughs> Mallory's nightmare Halloween special <laughs> is just seeing people reading their books in the bathroom. The haunted house you put on for the neighborhood kids. Is like, <laughs> it's more gross than haunted. It's just Alan reading on the toilet. <laughs> I love you, Alan. Um, so, yeah, so where, like, for someone who's like, I've never read a horror comic, where do they start? Where do you think are, like, good starters? I think with, like, you know, we talked about lock and key. Yeah, I think a lot of the stuff we mentioned are good jumping on points. I think like lock and key, um, or there were a couple others that we mentioned because they're finite stories. Mm-hmm. Uh, like lock and key was a series of mini series, and I think maybe just five, something like that. Six books. Yeah, I mean, there's a few offshoots, but right. But you you can be you can read it in an afternoon or a weekend. Oh yeah, or something. totally. Um, I think. Um, if you want sort of the classic horror stuff, um, the stuff that Brio was mentioning, Creepy and Tales from the Crypt and Vault mm. of Horror is mm, great. Mm-hmm, and it's mm-hmm. like the roots of horror comics, which really also informed so much of sort of like schlocky 60s and 70s and 80s TV and movie horror. Uh, so worth checking that out. Current books. Um, there's a book called Gideon Falls that is out. Have you checked this out yet? No. I feel like I have have it somewhere we get a lot of books in the mail <laughs> it's jeff lemire yeah that guy uh so yeah it's his it's so i think it's the only non-superhero thing he's doing right now and it's really great and creepy and getting into it you don't even know what it's about which is how i recommend going into it oh that's my favorite yeah and oh, i do did, uh, under underwater welder which i love yes and also sweet tooth sweet which tooth. is actually kind of horror yeah for sure but 
Underwater welder sounds great because I just imagine it's n- just like exactly as you would imagine. It's a guy who gets who live. He's like a merman, and he now it's goes a man to work who goes every day. Yeah. Under, go, it's much creepier than that. Actually, it's it's really kind of spooky. A lot of Lemire stuff or Lemire stuff. I don't know. Um, and he's been around, kicking around for like 10 years. And I think he did a great Swamp Thing run also. Oh, yes, he does. Actually, horror. I have it in my house. Ha- I love um, Swamp Thing. A lot of his stuff is horror or horror adjacent and a good story well told. He lives told. in the horror neighborhood. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, the other one I'd recommend, which is a series that is done, and if you like witch stuff, um, I devoured this. Uh, Terry Moore's Rachel Rising. Mm. Oh, you know what? That one I do have. A friend at my friend Tim Vargulish, who is also a comic uh, writer, loves that series great and really I, good i've heard it's amazing yeah really good really like which is the thing i again i learned during hex wives and part of the reason i was interested in doing something with witches other than the loaded uh metaphor of it <laughs> is that like witches there's no frankenstein there's no sort of ur text for witches so you just grab anything that's out there that are the tropes of the thing and, you know, while I'm telling this story about witches, Rachel Rising is telling a very different story about witches, and both work. The point is, witches are cool as fuck. <laughs> are you getting a ton of questions about just sort of, like, the relevance of them in this moment? Is that, are you talking witches about a lot about big. the... Witches are Yeah. <laughs> 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 I'm just wondering if, you're, if, like, in the political landscape we have going right now, I feel like maybe that that's what people want to talk yeah, about. Yeah, I mean, look, there's something about powerful women who are threatening to men who are the establishment. <laughs> like, now is the time to put on your crucible uh, play. <laughs> <laughs> Listen, you 10th grader in high school, it's time to put on the crucible. It's, it's time time to shine. <laughs> I, you know, I taught the crucible. I used to teach high school, and I taught oh, wow. the crucible, and... First of all, I taught it in California, and I'm from New England, so it was very Hold hard. Hold on, where are you from? Uh, I'm from Boston. Oh, yeah. Actually, Boston? Newton. Uh, I'm from Haverhill. You, so you know. Yeah, I know. I know the jam. What do you know? <laughs> <laughs> What's happening? You know what it's, you know what it's like to, to live here. Should I leave you guys alone? Yeah. Uh, no, it's just like there's some. it's very different when you grow up in, in and around that area, especially when you... Priya's, eating a chip at me <laughs> when you grow up around salem and danvers yeah. it's just like such a it, you get almost more witch education than most people do because it's it, true like you literally live there and you just like go to the witch museum and you read the crucible <laughs> and you're like it's just the crucible is very immediate when yes. you're living there so you can send your thoughts on horror comics or new england or chips uh to reading glasses podcast at gmail.com and before we solve a reader problem we're going to take a quick break The secret is out. I, Open Mike Eagle, officially had a wrestling match. And on the next Tyson fights, I'm talking all about it. From the rap battles that got it started. Open Mike, you ain't ready. Oh, really? You cold like oh, some really? <laughs> And to how I hurt myself in ways I didn't know I could. That day and the day before, I got so many texts from people who really care about me who were like, please don't break your neck. The only place you can get the full story is on the newest episode of Tights and Fights. Find it on MaximumFun.org or wherever you get podcasts. Uh, So now it's time to solve a bookish problem for one of our listeners. Paul at P-Dubs on Twitter asks, How does one tackle the pile of shame, the stack of books purchased with every intention of reading when it has now grown to monstrous size? Bria, what should Paul do? 
By the way, it's P underscore dubs. Oh, <laughs> I'm just sure that there's another spot. P dubs out there that's like, what are you talking about? <laughs> I didn't write. I don't. I tackle my TBR list immediately. Because <laughs> he also listens to the podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We, have the, we, are, we have the P dub market yeah. cornered. <laughs> I didn't send you that question. I sent you a snack question. <laughs> Always um, send snack questions. Pile of shame. Um, I, here's the thing. You know what I'm going to say. I, I feel like I answer these kind of in the, in the, the same way, which is that you need to pick up that book. And you need to think about that book and you're like, and be truthful with yourself. Am I really going to read that book? It's okay if you're not going to read mm-hmm. it. No one's judging you, ask, you. You go in the bathroom and you say Bloody Mary three times. Bloody Mary appears. <laughs> you and turn you, around. You, yeah, and you say, Mary, am I going to really read this book? And mm-hmm. she'll give you an honest answer. Because that book could have a much, much nicer place to live. That place could be your friend's house. It could be a little free library. It could be the garbage. <laughs> <laughs> that's right. Yeah, that's right. It could be the gar- garbage. This Recycling. Is a, Recycling. It's, okay, fine. <laughs> um, it could be, this is like the sunk cost fallacy thing where like just because you bought something, it doesn't make it worth more. <laughs> you know, like, like it's that thing where people are like like that you know do you know this thing i've probably talked about on the show before yes. but where you're like this bo- i'm literally holding a jar of nuts this jar of nuts on the shelf i'm like is only worth five dollars but at home i'm like but now that it's definitely a birthday like present 10 bucks like i'm not gonna give that's it away your, for that's less your than birthday 10. birthday jar of nuts so it's i go extra through this special. when i'm selling clothes oh yeah uh, you know when you're like i paid $50 for those jeans and then they're like here's three and I'm like they're worth now, so much more but really because right. now they have three. Had, they've had Bria Grant's button them they've they had sell them on them. eBay but you haven't worn them in three years so they're really worth nothing to you they're worth zero <laughs> the fact that you're getting three is amazing right. exactly. <laughs> you actually made money on something you're not using yeah. so just going to sell those books that's smart buy some Christmas presents yeah or Whatever. a jar of nuts. Or or a $10 jar of nuts. These <laughs> taste like matcha. I mean, so like you, you <laughs> really? have like so many options. I just think that like you you have to be really ruthless when it comes mm-hmm. to this stuff. And and I'm speaking to myself as well because I have yeah. trouble with this with certain things. But you got to be ruthless and get rid of that stuff. What, what, do you, what do y'all think? Ben, what should Paul do? I'm going to tell you a little story about young Ben Blacker. Please. Who worked at a bookstore. Was killed and... in an avalanche. <laughs> sure. Books. Uh, I'm glad you asked. This was in the Boston area. Oh? It was called New England Mobile Book Fair. Oh my God, I remember that. Did you go there? Yeah. This was a huge, it was a great bookstore. It was a huge warehouse filled with so books. It's weird having a New England person on the it, show. This is great. It, I, I want to talk about them for a second because I think book lovers will appreciate this place. Yeah. Um, because it was not for the casual reader. Is it still around? It, they closed only recently. Mm-hmm. And yeah. I may be part of the reason why, which I'll get to in a moment. <laughs> um <laughs> But this is a huge warehouse, thousands and thousands of books. And when it first opened in the 50s, it was not open to the public. It was a wholesaler for, like, schools. Um, And then eventually they opened for the public, but they never got computerized inventory. And the books were arranged not by author, but by publisher, and then by title, alphabetic by title. That's some serious book nerd. Yes. So the only way to find anything was to find someone who worked there and say, who is the publisher of this book? Or go there with me. Right. Right, 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 right. (laughs) But did you get really good at knowing publishers? So we knew the publishers. We knew, you know, we knew what the Random House books looked like (laughs) because they all kind of had the same trade dress. I bet I could hold up the logos, flashcards, and you would know. Who made this decision? They were industry. like, we've got we to do it by publisher. People well, are going to be- love it. It's it was because an industry it was a wholesaler. Only book. Yeah. yeah, it was got industry got it, got only, it, okay, so it made sense. sense. Um, but And then as it, this was during the 90s when publishers were getting, like the smaller publishers were getting eaten by the b- bigger ones. So there'd be like days when we would just spend the afternoon moving a shelf to another set of shelves. I'm like, 
we should have just left it there <laughs> under the old name because yeah. it's still what it is in these oh, big tomes that tell what the publishers are. Yeah. Um, but I worked there with a friend of mine on and off for probably like five years. And <laughs> we stole so many books. <laughs> <laughs> I have, Good thing they're closed. The book police yeah, are coming for Ben. That's why I feel okay saying it now. <laughs> Um, ben made sure that they got close. I've been down. getting the New York Times book review since 1998 when I worked there. I've been getting it and reading it regularly since then. It's the way I discover new books. Um, so I would read the book review and I'd be like, well, these are, these three books sound great. Let's go get them. Oh there's my God. Some, <laughs> there's some detective out there with like a wall full of books stolen <laughs> and like different book Putting reviews. And like patrons going from yeah, there. Like, and it has like thrilling adventure hour. And he's like, maybe it's related. <laughs> and it's like fit? your podcast. Like he's these all trying three to fit books it in. were stolen he, this week. He can't week. figure out where the like the crossover is. I will say I never took the big art books. She did. I never did. Those are expensive. <laughs> right? I mean, so... So to bring it back to Paul, I found myself moving three times, one time, no, twice cross country with like 200 books to read. This was not book. These were not books I had read. These were books I wanted to read. Amazing. And at a certain point when my wife and I moved into our now house, I was like, I got to get rid of some of these books. Mm-hmm. I like so, that you get rid of them when you're already in the house, oh, not yeah. when you're in the process of <laughs> no, moving them. Not. Like, now that I've got them all here. <laughs> I realize I have no place to put them. <laughs> um, so it is exactly like I had to do exactly what you said. And as I'm reading the book review, I'm like, oh, here's three more books I want to read. So it's constantly being added to. And I had to say, which one of these am I actually going to read? What am I... I, I'm lucky if I get to, like, 60 books a year. Like, that's a good year for me. Yeah. Um, and so, realistically, of these 200, with the constantly adding books, there's no shame in getting rid of 150 of these books. No, really, there's not. Yeah, and it, and it took doing that. And now I still have a handful of these books that have been traveling with me for 20 years, <laughs> which I do want to get to someday. Um, and a couple of them I read as homework for Hex Wives, which was great. That's amazing. But, that book is like, finally. <laughs> right. It's, I've waited so long. I opened it and there was a sigh of relief. <laughs> yeah, I know. <laughs> but like, also like a poop of dust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Not opened in 20 I was, years. I realized I was never happier than when a book got water damage or something. Oh, you're I was like, like, thank God. Great, I, that's off the list. <laughs> Someone robs your house and you're like jumping up and down your wife is like what's yeah. going on why are you happy <laughs> um but as of last year i went to kindle and so like i barely look at those physical books anymore and i'm sure there are you know there are a bunch i will get to eventually but even now when i have 10 books on the kindle i'm like am i really gonna read this mm. one no especially because i get it from the library which is oh, the best yeah i'm yeah it's hard when you have the physical books because then because at the library there's a time clock exactly. there's a ticking clock so you're just like well i better read this one because this book's not going anywhere it's just but do you my... read on a kindle kindle you know the trick and, right and library yeah you put it on airplane mode um but then sometimes <laughs> there's ones i can't get i can't get that i want yeah. so then it's like on my library queue and i've i have them on I, like right? check them out <laughs> but i'm still trying to finish the one so i have it on you're racing mode. through and i'm like i gotta finish this so i can get this other one that I already downloaded. Yeah, I did that two nights ago when I started a new book and my wife was like, well, because we share, you have the Kindle sharing thing so we oh, yeah. see each other's books. She's like, well, we could just switch 
Because mine's online and yours that's is online. <laughs> I feel bad that's about like doing that. That's like the bookish equivalent of like the lady in the tramp scene. <laughs> yeah. It's yeah. the most romantic thing she's ever offered. I <laughs> would actually say you've been you've been gaming the system for twenty years though. If you're stealing books from the we New England, been on all the time. We give up some hot book hacks. <laughs> I just want a lot see. of book hacks. Yeah, get a job at a place with no computerized inventory and then rob them and then get a big big <laughs> pockets on your pants. Exactly. Oh, are you kidding? We just parked in the parking get lot. Get some Jinko jeans. Oh my god. Put the books in there. It's shameful. I'm not proud of it. <laughs> All right, Mallory, what, what do you say, say to P-dubs? Uh, so I have this weird problem, too, which is why you know that I... So when I buy books, I shelve them in my greater library. I don't have a TBR because I have this weird thing where if I, like... Sometimes I'll be like, oh, I want to read this, like, five books, and I'll put them in a stack mm-hmm. and forget about them. Yes. And I just can't... Once I, I, It's like this weird thing where if I see something over and over again, I just... It blends into the landscape. I'm like a dinosaur. <laughs> I can't see it. So eventually, like I just accept that that pile is there, and I won't see it. So what I think Paul should do is just take his entire TBR and reshelve it. Just yeah. start all over. So mm. if by which now- is actually great. L- shut up. Let me interrupt. <laughs> I know it's your podcast. But- that like grabs my mic, even though he has his own. He's talking to both of them. Uh, but that it feels like going shopping in your own house when you do that. Oh, oh God, yeah. it's my favorite thing. I feel like Belle from Beauty. And the Beast. It's like the, it really is the best thing ever. It's like looking into a full fridge of food. Uh, so, like, I feel like when your TBR is so tall, intimidating, and, and guilt-inducing, it's not that just that you're not noticing it. Now, all of a sudden, you're like, oh, it's a shame pile. Yeah. And every time you That's look what at he it, called it, he called it a pile of shame, not a TBR, no which is very shame. funny. Yeah, you should just put it all away and pick out one book that you want to read, yeah. maybe two, to keep the teensy pile going for a while. It's sad. A stack of books should never be a stack of shame. Like I can't. That makes me makes me sad. So also, I think, and maybe you have talked about this in the past, but when you finish a book, you don't always want to read something that's sitting in the pile to your right. You want to read what you feel like reading. Mm -hmm. Exactly. I can never predict. Right. Ever. I like. I have this shameful thing where, so, Alan and I like to recommend books to each other. But whenever I, I can't, I can never predict what I'm going to read. So poor Alan has read like a million books I've told him to read. And I've read like five. <laughs> We've been living together for over a year now. <laughs> I feel so bad. So we figured out a way to game the system. And he picked a bunch of books that he would like me to read and made a shelf. <laughs> so it's like tricking myself. I'm like, oh, look, a shelf. And I can pick out whatever I want. So it, I feel like you need to... It's like, you know, when you were trying to work out and you're like, if I want to start, I can't run five miles. But if you're like, I can run a block. Mm -hmm. And then you're like, maybe tomorrow I'll run two blocks. Just pick out one book and leave it there for yourself. Mm -hmm. And that way it doesn't feel like there's no guilt. There's no pressure. You're like, I could do one book. If you you like take out a giant stack, you're like, I can't do that. Let's all name things that you should be ashamed to have in a pile of your house. In your house. (laughs) Fingernails. Okay, great. That's a good one. I was going to say coffee cups full of like mold and coffee. Sean's. <laughs> not me. I know it's not you. Just... <laughs> coffee cups full of mold and coffee. Ugh. Yeah. Ben, what's something you should be ashamed of? Live to... animals. Live animals in a pile. <laughs> yes, oh, these are bad things. That's very embarrassing. You should be ashamed of these. <laughs> Mallory, <laughs> how many piles of animals yeah. do you have in your house? In the winter, they all the cats like to sleep together. It's very hard. It's a shame pile. It's a shame pile of cats. How am I going to get to all these cats? <laughs> exactly. Other people's underwear that you stole uh, stole from their houses. Oh my God, that's what Shameful. we did for Christmas Don't last year. <laughs> On our Christmas tree, Alan has this thing where... Uh, 
so we combined our weird Christmas traditions and my Christmas tradition because I'm a heathen is I make a tree out of books nice. and Alan's Christmas Christmas tradition was he made a tree out of porn ornaments okay ornaments ornaments sure so we put the ornaments on the book tree and then people brought their underpants like clean underwear and yeah. hung it on the tree this sounds horrifying. I was saying stolen underwear illegally stolen oh, underwear oh no that's something you should be ashamed about yes definitely you never mm. know where they've been. Those are those are all good Even things. if you do know, <laughs> you should be ashamed. Yeah, if, you, if you stole them, you should be ashamed. Yeah. So don't you don't want a book, pi- a pile of books to be in the same category as a bunch of fingernails and underwear. <laughs> Paul. Fingernails is so gross. It's really gross. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Good job. Mm-hmm. Thanks. <laughs> uh, I'm not, uh, I've known too many. You ever you ever know some like have you ever lived with someone who's uh, like I'm gonna clip my fingernails and then leave it in the bathroom? Certainly not. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't live for them with them for very long. Yeah, no, no I I know this. Now. Just kidding. Um, Happy Halloween! Happy yeah. Halloween, <laughs> Paul. I hope we helped you out. Um, <laughs> So you can always, you if you want us to solve your reader problem, you can always send it to readingglassespodcast at gmail.com. As always, we want to thank Danielle and Kathy who run our Facebook group and Christine and Rachel who moderate our Goodreads page. Remember that you can buy Reading Glasses tote bags and shirts and bookmarks in the Maximum Fun store. Link in the show notes. Bria is still eating snacks off in the corner. Ben, where can we find you online? Where can we buy Hexwives? Buy Hexwives on Halloween from your local comic book shop. They need your business. It's a dying industry. Help them. Um, help <laughs> them out. There's a Ben out there who's been stealing the, their <laughs> comics and they're going to go under. For sure. Um, but also if you read digitally, you can get it on Comixology. Uh, you can order it and subscribe to it so you get every issue. Meantime, follow me on Twitter at Ben Blacker. It's my name. It's also my Halloween name. Oh, it's good. Oh, that's good. That's good. That's not fair. Uh, so if you like the show, please rate and review us on iTunes. It's really great for us and helps us reach more readers. We will read your five-star reviews on the show. Uh, and now we are, now we're past 500 and we're going for 600. We're going to do something exciting when we hit 600. But at five, but we're going to also do a live stream because we got 500. We're going to do a live stream of our show. So we probably already announced that date, but while we're recording this, we don't know yet. Yes. We haven't decided. Um, uh, you can find us on Twitter at Reading G Podcast, on Instagram at Reading Glasses Podcast, and you can always follow along on our bookish adventures using the general hashtag Reading Glasses Podcast. Thanks for listening, and thanks, thanks for, for reading. reading. I know it's not thematically in tune with my new job and all, but I find it effective. Build a man a fire, and he's warm for a day, I say. But set a man on fire, and he's warm for the rest of his life. Tao of Pratchett. I live by it. That was by Jim Butcher in the book Cold Days. MaximumFun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported.